Hey, welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the super destructive edition. <laughs> yeah. Today is episode 134, Can You Shoot a Bullet Through Jupiter? And what if one Earth Day only lasted one second? Yeah, yeah, my friends, as you could tell by the title of today's show, things are going to get mighty fucked up. In the first half of the episode, we're taking aim at one of the four gas giants in our solar system, and I'm talking about Jupiter. It's massive, and you can't miss it. Now, believe it or not, asking a question like, can you shoot a bullet through Jupiter, may seem absolutely preposterous and very American, but by posing the scenario, we can actually reveal and learn a lot about this planet. Like I said, Jupiter is a gas giant, she's thick, and I bet many of us think or assume or imagine it to be just like a spectacularly large cloud, and you can pass right on through. But that is far, far from the truth, my friends. The truth is, of course, riddled with death and destruction. So today you're going to learn a hell of a lot about how beautiful and chaotic this planet really is. So much so, no bullet could ever stand a chance. Then after the break... We're sticking, with, we're sticking with our apocalyptic theme and completely transforming the Earth. And subsequently, the entire fucking solar system itself. This question, what if one Earth day only lasted one second, is right out of your favorite new book, What If, Volume 2, by Randall Monroe. Which means it's also time for your favorite new segment. Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And speeding up. The rotation of the Earth, as you're probably thinking, is a bad idea. It's really, really bad. And yes, you're absolutely right. And we're going to literally fling ourselves into a situation that's actually way worse than you can possibly imagine. So, hi, I'm Jill Chacha. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening, holy shit, welcome to the flock, my shattered business goose. Oh, I advise to buckle the fuck up, but... I don't think it's going to help very much, so let's begin. Let's begin by fueling up our spaceship, the SS. This isn't going to end well. Now, we'll need, we'll need to use a magical combination of solar power, said fuel, and gravity to reach Jupiter. Because it'll take about six years with our current technology. The gorgeous probe Galileo had to circle the Earth twice to slingshot its way over, so I assume we'd have to do the same to travel the 524 million miles to get there. Yeah, let that settle in. It's 524 million miles away. So, uh, after watching nearly every episode of every show ever created to help us pass the time, uh, we've arrived at our destination. And boy howdy, what a sight to behold. With a radius of 43,440 miles, Jupiter is 11 times wider than Earth. In fact, you can stuff about 1,300 Earths inside it, which you really don't want to do, and we'll get into why in a minute. Now, you might be wondering, how? How in the holy hell did Jupiter become so fucking large? Well, that's a great question, and don't worry, I got you. Back in the day, back in the day of in-betweeny 097, we learned that Jupiter once snacked on planets. Yeah, you heard me. It ate planets. Now, if you haven't had a listen, God damn it, pause this and go listen to that in between 097. Listen to it for the full story, but I'm going to give you a quick rundown on this interplanetary cannibalism. 
because it it comes into play here too. Uh, My friends, get this. Jupiter was one of the first planets to form in our solar system in the first few million years after the solar system took shape a wee 4.5 billion years ago. Now, please fast forward to 2016, (laughs) when a lot of terrible shit happened, so you may not remember when the probe Juno performed over 40 flyovers of Jupiter and it collected this gravitational data at different points around its orbit and it used math I will never understand or can't explain. Anyway, these wacky calculations, these wacky calculations revealed that the core of this giant contains a surprisingly high abundance of heavy elements. I'm talking solids here. From this fantastically titled Live Science article called Scientists Find Remains of Cannibalized Baby Planets in Jupiter's Cloud-Covered Belly, quote, the researchers' models reveal that there is an equivalent of between 11 and 30 Earth masses of heavy elements within Jupiter, which is much more than expected. Jupiter may predominantly be a ball of swirling gas today, but it started its life by accumulating rocky material, just like every other planet in the solar system. As the planet's gravity pulled in more and more rocks, the rocky core became so dense that it started pulling in large amounts of gas from far distances, predominantly hydrogen and helium left over from the sun's birth to form the enormous gas-filled atmosphere we know today. The study confirms Jupiter's dense core was formed from the absorption of many planetesimals, or large space rocks spanning several miles. End quote. Okay, that was a lot, but holy shit. One, how adorable is the word planetesimals? Just say it. Just, just say it. Planetesimals. Oh my god, adorable. Anyway, two, my friends, how... I love how we cannot get through an episode without bringing up cannibalism. It's just everywhere. So, so this amazing fun fact means Jupiter is not just one big old ball of gas. Though... Though it does have many, 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 many clouds to spare. From caltech.edu, quote, Jupiter's clouds are thought to be about 30 miles or 50 kilometers thick. I'll say that again, 30 miles thick. Below them is a 13,000 mile layer of hydrogen and helium, which changes from gas to liquid as the depths and pressure increase. Beneath the liquid hydrogen layer is another 25,000-mile-deep sea of liquidy metallic hydrogen. End quote. So, needless to say, my friends, a bullet, a bullet cannot travel through any of this. The layers, the dead baby planets, (laughs) no, we cannot shoot through the center of Jupiter. I'm sorry, my fellow Americans, I know you really wanted to, but let's consider an alternative. Let's ask, can we shoot a bullet through the very outer layers of Jupiter's atmosphere? That seems kind of reasonable, right? Uh, Well, uh, drumroll, please. Uh, No, absolutely not. No, 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 there's no way. There's no way a bullet would survive. And this is actually an exciting answer. And here are the devastating reasons as to why. Okay, get this. For example, if we were to go through the planet's atmosphere, we'd be cooked first. The top of the atmosphere is a balmy 630 degrees Celsius or 1,100 degrees, sorry, 1,160 degrees Fahrenheit. Can't forget those extra 60. Because believe it or not, my my friends, you could actually 
easily melt a bullet at that temperature because bullets start to deform at only 250 degrees or 350 degrees Fahrenheit. That's it. Um, so it's hot. Uh, some good news, though. Uh, the temperature does drop the farther we go. Oh, God. But the wind speed and the pressure, it rises a lot. Get this. When Galileo's mission ended and it descended into Jupiter, the probe survived for only 58 minutes, falling 97 miles and experiencing gravitational pressure 23 times of what we feel here on Earth, and a temperature of 150 to 153 degrees Celsius or 307 degrees Fahrenheit. Long story short, it was crushed and superheated in less than an hour. But that's not all, of course. We need to talk about the wind. My God, you're gonna wanna hold on to your butts or at least both cheeks because this is actually super cool for a lot of reasons. And check this out. Now, back in 2021, astronomers finally measured the speed of these stratospheric winds near Jupiter's South Pole. These air currents zip the fuck by at 900 miles per hour, okay? <laughs> 900 miles per hour, that's twice as fast as the winds in its storm, the Great Red Spot. And it's basically four times faster than the fastest wind speed recorded on Earth. Just blows us out of the water. Now, that's a fucking doozy. But how they figured this out is even fucking crazier. Quote, back in 1994, comet Shoemaker-Levy 9 slammed into the gas giant. The event released molecules into the atmosphere that persist until today. Researchers were able to track those molecules and measure how fast they move. The stratosphere of Jupiter is cloudless, so without these molecules, researchers would have not been able to measure the winds. End quote from Alfredo Carpinetti of IFL Science. So, whipping around since 1994? <laughs> well, one, put that on a tote. <laughs> but how ingenious is that? And also just insane that... Tracking bits of pulverized comet from 30 years ago could help us discover these mind-blowing winds. No pun intended. So clearly, if a shot were fired at the South Pole, that wind is going to grab that bullet and just not let go. So, at least guns are useless on Jupiter. After the break, the epitome of death and destruction. We're talking about an apocalypse yeah, an apocalypse that would destroy the solar system itself. Uh, now, please stay tuned because it's your favorite new segment. Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And we'll, we're going to be asking, what if one Earth Day only lasted one second? And uh, if you can't tell by the tremor in my voice, uh, horrible things are, are about to happen. So please stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. 
but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! Now streaming. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, I am sure you agree with me here. Lately, it feels as though time is going by faster and faster. Uh, March. The month of March, for example. Uh, a month which usually feels like a bleak, endless landscape of 31 mind-numbing days here in North America. Usually it just drags and just drags and drags on. But this year, I don't know why, but that bitch just flew. <laughs> but today, my friends, today is a day going by faster than ever. On page 108 of the book you needed yesterday, What If, Volume 2 by Randall Monroe, it was asked, quote, what would happen if the Earth's rotation were sped up until a day only lasted one second? End quote. Well, my friends, here's one of my favorite sentences of all time. Are you ready for this? Quote, that would be apocalyptic, but there would be a brief period every two weeks when it would be even more apocalyptic. <laughs> End quote. I just, I love it. Now, I'd like to give you a moment, as, as right? It sounds like you're going to need one. You're going to need a moment to hang on to something. I mean, anything. It could be your butt, your friend's butt, a house plant, your existential dread, whatever. Because the answer, the answer is bad, even for this show. So let's get into it. Quote, the earth rotates, which means its midsection is being flung outward by central fugal force. Oh, say that. Central fugal force. Central, central, 
Okay, this central fugal force isn't strong enough to overcome gravity and tear the Earth apart, but it's enough to flatten the Earth slightly and make it so you weigh almost a pound less at the equator than you do at the poles. End quote. Uh, the shape, by the way, the Earth's shape, uh, where it's slightly flattened at the poles and it bulges out around the equator, uh, this is actually another fun thing to say. Oblate spheroid. Right? Say it with me now. Oblate spheroid. Now, let's destroy it. Quote, <laughs> If the Earth and everything on it were suddenly sped up so that a day only lasted one second, the Earth wouldn't even last a single day of either kind. The equator would be moving at over 10% the speed of light. Centrifugal force would become much stronger than gravity, and the material that makes up the Earth would be flung outward. End quote. That was fast. And that would suck. I mean, it would suck because we live on the stuff that makes up the earth. <laughs> but, okay, here's the, that sounds terrible, but here's the good news, kinda good news for this show. So, quote, you wouldn't die instantly. You might even survive for a few milliseconds or even seconds. Earth's crust and mantle would break apart into building-sized chunks. By the time a second had passed, the atmosphere would have spread out too thin to breathe. Although, even at the relatively stationary poles, you probably wouldn't survive long enough to asphyxiate. End quote. So, that, I mean, that's a positive. It may sound like you suffocate, but things are happening so fast and things are breaking apart so quickly that those things would kill you first, so you wouldn't suffocate. Which is good, I guess, right? But don't take it personal, because... Really nothing is safe in this scenario. Let's keep going. Quote, in the first few seconds, the expansion would shatter the crust into spinning fragments and kill just about everyone on the planet. But that's relatively peaceful compared to what would happen next. Everything would be moving at relativistic speeds, meaning each piece of the crust would be moving at close to the same speed as its neighbors, so there wouldn't be any immediate collisions. This means things would be relatively calm until the debris disk hit something. The first obstacle would be the belt of satellites around the Earth. After 40 milliseconds, the International Space Station would be struck by the edge of the expanding atmosphere and instantly vaporize. More satellites would follow. After a second and a half, the disk would reach the belt of the geostationary satellites orbiting above the equator. Each impact would release a violent burst of gamma rays as the Earth consumed it. End quote. So, my friends, just a second and a half into this, and we have gamma rays on our hands, um, which gamma rays just so happen to be probably the most dangerous thing space can throw at a human body or any living thing with DNA. Uh, gamma rays are so powerful, they can remove electrons from atoms mutating anything on an atomic level. So this is fun. Let's keep going. Quote, The debris from the Earth would slice outward like an expanding buzzsaw. The disk would take about 10 seconds to pass the moon, another hour to spread past the sun, and would span the solar system within a regular day or two. Each time the disk engulfed an asteroid, it would spray a flood of energy in all directions, eventually sterilizing every surface in the solar system. End quote. Whoa. So, 
so much for the possibility of life out there. That's a bummer. Um, now, I know some of you may be thinking, um, because you're such smarty pants, you might be thinking, well, the Earth is tilted. So the sun and the planets and some shit just doesn't line up with the equator slash buzzsaw of death. So they might get it, you know, they might survive this. Well, that's true. They may, depending on when this shitcake scenario takes place. But, yeah, so we don't know which planets would be affected immediately. However, but, quote, however, every two weeks, the moon crosses the plane of the Earth's equator. If we sped up Earth at this moment, the moon would be right in the path of the expanding disk. The impact would turn the moon into a comet, rocketing out of the solar system on a wave of high-energy debris. The flash of light and heat would be so bright that if you were standing on the surface of the sun, it would be brighter above you than below. Every surface in the solar system, including Europa's ice, Saturn's rings, and Mercury's rocky crust, would be scoured clean by moonlight. End quote. Well, my friends, once again, a poetic but absolutely devastating ending. And I think that's this show in a nutshell. Uh, please take a moment and relish in the fact that we get 24 hours. Oh, yeah, feels pretty good now. So thank you for rating, listening, subscribing, telling your friends about just the chaos that is Jupiter, that we can't shoot it, we can't, and um, that if your day was horrible today, at least, at least you have 24 hours to get over it. And please... Stay interesting.